Hello all and welcome back to the Ascent Cycling Podcast for the daily recap number 12. After stage number 12 of the Giro d'Italia, a stage between Siena and Bagno di Romagna, which saw a win from Aja de Zerla Mondial and Andrea Vendrame in the breakaway. Um, an interesting day for the breakaway, not so much for the GC, but first of all, Joe, how are you today? Very well, thank you. And Perfect. I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely living the life. It's, it's great. As you can see once again, shirt, sweater, UK, not UK. <laughs> um, but yeah, a very good day uh, for a peloton that probably at one point wished they had more than just a cycling kit because the rain poured down midway through the stage. Thankfully, the conditions were better in the uh, final 40-50k of the stage. Uh, but as I said, a win by Andra Vendrame um, in a small sprint ahead of Chris Hamilton from the team DSM. Uh, and then we had George Bennett and Yanuka Brambia um, ending up in third and fourth, respectively, with um, some uh, some feud potentially with, between the two riders. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll dig in into that later. And then the peloton uh, arriving about 10 minutes after the breakaway, nothing too much happening in the breakaway, in the peloton, sorry, um, except an attack by Giulio Ciccone and Vincenzo Nibali. Uh, but yeah, Joe, um, a good day for the breakaway today. Really was. I mean, it took a long, long time for them to go. I'm talking, I think, 70 kilometres, 60 or so kilometres before the breakaway did make their way up the road. When it finally did, we saw some strong riders. Diego Lissi, your prediction, up the road alongside the likes of Jeffrey Bouchard and the aforementioned names as well. So it was a strong group. And I think as soon as they went, they were going to win the stage. It was pretty certain of that. I don't think Ineos are interested in chasing stage wins at all at this Giro, especially after Igan Bernal won that stage um, a few days ago now. So yeah, it was a great day for the breakaway and they dominated the stage for sure. They really did. And I think it was quite odd to see Ineos space in the first 50, 60 kilometers. Um, I think they went about like 47 kilometers an hour for the first hour of racing, which is not something I think anyone expected because we all thought it would be like a rest day for the peloton. Uh, but yeah, a group with the likes of Udisi, uh, Giovanni Visconti. And uh, I mean, you said that um, you said that Diego Udisi was my pick. He was indeed. Uh, I did mention Vendrame yesterday, but I wasn't confident. I should have backed myself because he did take the win. Uh, you backed, I mean, you you were nearly correct. You backed an Australian from Team DSM who's never won on the Giro. Just got the wrong name. I did indeed. I mean, I, I actually think I meant to say Chris Hamilton as well instead of Michael Stora. I, I'm going to go with that anyway at this point. But um <laughs> I don't know. It, it was second anyway, and uh, I think you were closer with that one. Anyway, the, the scoreboard does remain 2-1 on the prediction in favour of you, but still all to play for with uh, a sprint stage tomorrow. But also, we have to discuss a lot of DNFs today mm -hmm. with some big riders crashing out. We saw, I mean, firstly, Alessandro Damarchi fears that it could have been a, a serious injury to the Italian. He was in the pink jersey not too long ago, uh, but I think um, he's fractured his collarbone with six broken ribs, but I think that's probably a good outcome considering what people may have thought seeing him on the side of the roads. Obviously, very severe injuries nonetheless. But also, Gino Maida crashes out. Marc Soler as well has withdrawn from the race among a bunch of other names. I know Fausto Masnada, a strong domestique for Dekernic Quitstep as well. So I think we had almost 10 riders DNFing the stage today, Guillaume. Absolutely. I think the Marquis crash um, was... Quite shocking, and uh, Rai, the uh, Italian TV, really like showed the images of him being like carried by the by um, the uh, ambulance, and it was very, very um, like, yeah, it, it wasn't comfortable um, watching it. Uh, but as you said, he's got a fractured collarbone, six ribs, and I think he's got two vertebrae uh, in a place I do not know how to say because I'm not a doctor, but it's a 
rumored that it could be due to his, uh, the placement of his radio on the back. So we'll see how that goes. Mark Soler crashing out early on as well. Uh, Kobe Horsens from Lotto Sudal also DNFing. Um, I feel like I have a curse because I said that Bardet would win um, Strade Bianche. Uh, he lost time. I said that Mark Soler would attack. He DNF'd. I said that Kobe Horsens would have an incredible third week. He DNF'd. I said that Gino Meda would come second today. He DNF'd. So, yeah, my my, uh, my podcaster curse, if that's a, a thing, <laughs> is really, really active today. Uh, but, yeah, quite a few DNFs. No sprinters DNFing, though, ahead of tomorrow's sprint stage. No, and surprising, actually. I mean, I guess that the slow tempo on the longer climbs really did help the likes of Grunewagen get over those climbs today. And the race didn't really start until about 20k to go, to be honest, after that chase for the breakaway. And we saw Andrea Vandrame attack on that final climb after I think Brambeer was quite active and the commentators were saying that Vendrame is the quickest guy here he just needs to hold the wheels and as soon as they said that Vendrame was gone solo attacking trying to get away and um, yeah Chris Hamilton, George Bennett and Gianluca Brambeer the only riders who could follow and they did eventually catch up to Vendrame where in the flat run into the line, the final kilometres, we saw something strange between George Bennett and Gianluca Brambia. I don't think they were getting on too well before that. And yeah, I mean, I think Chris Hamilton attacked and Drea Vendrame followed. Brambia went to follow, then pulls over and George Bennett refused to come through until the line, I think. So those guys not too happy with each other, especially as well after Brambia deviated. I think he was relegated to fourth after beating Bennett to third place in the sprint. So um, those two aren't going to be chatting all day in the peloton tomorrow on route to Verona, I feel. I don't think so. I don't think they're going on holidays uh, either. <laughs> but it, it was a weird um, move by Brambia and Bennett. Um, just to come back on Van Arme, very smart decision in my opinion from him to attack on that uh, final climb because he was the, the, he's the fastest, but I think purely on paper, he would be the least able to go over the climb with the first group. So the fact that he had a small lead kind of allowed him to go at his own tempo, his own rhythm. Uh, settled into a groove but yeah then um, I think I, I listened to George Bennett's uh, interview post-race I didn't listen to um, to Brambia I mean I, I, I still have the quote but I didn't listen to him uh, but George Bennett basically said that he's he knows he's the slowest of the group sprint-wise uh, or he was like third or fourth with Brambia to be honest um, and he has had enough of just chasing everyone down so he felt that it was Brambia's job Brambia felt exactly the opposite uh, and then, yeah, a bit of a, a bit of a, a conflict between the two riders, um, but a very active trek because Barambia did attack. But in the peloton, we had some attacks as well in that final climb, uh, which is not necessarily something Ineos probably expected, not wanted. Uh, but we've had Giulio Ciccone going for a move alongside Vincenzo Nibali, uh, the two uh, Italian riders from Trek. Uh, then got caught by Ineos, and I think Moscon did something quite stupid. He decided to follow Nibali in a downhill portion. He crashed. He definitely did. Not advised, not advised to try and follow the Squalo in a downhill portion of road, that is for sure. And I mean, it looked like a pretty doomed attack from the start. I mean, when Chaconi and Nibali went, there were still about five or six Ineos riders in the group to control. Um, but then, of course, Nibali did go solo in that descent. They asked the question of Ineos. And who knows? I mean, on another day, he may have got a bigger gap. But in the end, he did hold the gap to the line. And I think it was seven seconds he gained mm -hmm. on the rest of the GC guys. It's not obviously a Giro winning move, but I think it will give the Shark a bit of confidence, um, even though he's obviously expended a lot more energy with that attack there. What do you make of that attack, Guillaume? Do you think it was worthwhile? 
Um, I feel like the sole benefit is that it's going to give him confidence and morale mm. going into the next mountain stages. However, I do think on the purely like physical point, it's stupid because he's having to... Well, I mean, in the downhill portion, we all know Nibali is a goat. But then you had about 5.3 kilometer of false flat portion in a valley where he was on his own, chased by an entire peloton led by Ineos, to hold on to a gap of eight seconds, knowing that you're not fighting for anything GC-wise, I don't see how it's gotten... I don't see the edge. Sure, tomorrow is going to be a massive rest day for the peloton. I get that. But I feel like at this point, if it's to gain eight seconds, you might as well just stay in the peloton. Do the downhill portion, half on at the downhill, see if you can make Moscon crash, but then just drop back. I don't know. I, I quite like it. I feel like it's good to... We know Nibali is aggressive. We know mm-hmm. Giacone is aggressive as well. Those guys can't help themselves from attacking. And I feel like Nibali is four minutes down the GC. He's not a prime contender to win this Giro. So why not try some moves like this? He does have the rest day. I mean, rest day, inverted quotes, the, the sprint day tomorrow with 200 metres of climbing. So I feel like it's a good move for Trek. Obviously, it's not going to win them loads of time. It's not going to win them the Giro. It's not even going to put Nibali back in the top 10. But... Nibbly, he he wants to let everyone know that he's he's here at this Giro and still fighting to try and maybe put in a real shark attack in the final week. Oh, I think we'll see a shark attack. He looks to be in good condition. Yeah, I will say that. I feel like he is growing into the race. Obviously, he had that fractured wrist, and it does seem like he is improving as the days go by. And I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can actually do in this final week. I had ruled him out of the GC really before this race got going, but you know he's there. He's clinging on. It really is. As I said, stage 16, Cortina d'Ampezzo, it still screams nibbly to me, even more today. So I'm not sure if you've noticed, Guillaume, but there were a few riders in the GC or who were close in the GC who have lost some time today. Among them, Pale Bilbao lost two minutes on the GC guys, but even further back is Jai Hindley. He lost seven minutes today. Now, he wasn't obviously really in the GC. I think he was six or seven minutes down at the beginning of the stage. And I also noticed that Jai Hindley did try to go in the breakaway for today. But, um, I mean, he was kind of bullied into going back into the group because everyone was chasing him because Hindley was in that group. So, I feel like Hindley is now, obviously, not going for GC. He's going to try and maybe get a breakaway win, which I think is a, a nice move for Hindley because Bade is their clear leader now in the GC and Hindley can now do the George Bennett card of going up the road and maybe snagging a stage win as well. Absolutely. I didn't know for a period, though. I was aware for, uh, for Jai. Um, but it's a good move. It's a good move. And I think... Right now, he was in a bit of a, of a tough situation because he wasn't fighting for GC, but he couldn't also fight for the stages because he was too far behind. I think it's similar to what George Bennett might experience in the coming days because he did make a comeback in the GC today. Um, but I think it'll be good. We'll see uh, some attacks from DSM in uh, the mountain stages. And maybe this time you'll pick the correct Australian. Last thing before moving on to tomorrow's preview. Um, Geoffrey Bouchard, who said... Uh, two or three days ago at the end of stage nine that he only focused on the stage wins and did not care about the Maria Azura, now has 96 points, therefore twice as many points as Egan Bernal, who's his current runner-up. So I believe he actually might care about the Maria Azura. Uh, but yeah, the Frenchman in a commanding lead right now. I think Bernal is second with Gino Meda as well out of the running for the Maria Azura. Geoffrey has a decent shout at uh, doubling Mali Azura and the um, jersey of the mountain in the Vuelta. So looking ahead to stage 30 now of the Giro d'Italia, and we have the flattest stage of the race, the most exciting parkours at 
200 meters of climbing across almost 200 kilometers of road taking place from Ravenna to Verona and as well we've had some technical sprint finishes so far this race it's not the same today we have pretty much a straight road for the final kilometers bar one big roundabout which I actually did look at on Google Maps it seems like it's a very big roundabout so it should be fairly safe for the peloton to negotiate as well so we're going to have a sprint finish in Verona Guillaume do you have any thoughts ahead of this stage? Um, I mean, I'm actually surprised that the Giro has managed to find a park called This Flat. It's absolutely unreal. Usually you'd expect to have one or two hills, but no, this is so flat. It's like, it's an ironing board. It's unreal. But I believe that this means that we cannot avoid a mass sprint today in the streets of Verona. And with Caleb Ewan out of the running, with Tim Malia out, with Rene Wegen, we, we still don't know if he's actually on the Giro or not. Uh, this leaves potentially a chance for, for an Italian sprinter fr from, from Kubeka. Oh, don't say it. Giacomo Nizzolo, 11 runners-up, no stage wins. Could it finally be his day? No hills as well, which obviously he would get dropped on, judging by his form at the Giro so far as well. This is Nizzolo's final chance at this Giro if he's going to finally get his first Grand Tour stage. I'm pretty sure of that. But like you say, no Merlia, no Ewan, but we do have Peter Sagan, who seems to be growing in form as the race goes on in that Ciclamino jersey. Fernando Gaviria as well. Is it finally going to click for him and uh, Milano and UAE? We've got Viviani as well for Kofidis. He's he's had some moments at this race, despite not looking quite back to his old form. Other riders as well, Matteo Moschetti for Trek, Davide Cimolai. He's had three podiums as well so far at this Giro. So you say it could be for Nizzolo. There's a lot of competition still here, despite Ewan and Malia exiting. Absolutely. There's a lot of names and there's one name I, I have an eye on, which you haven't mentioned. And that is Stefano Oldani from uh, Lotto Sudal. I, I, I do like him. Uh, he got, I believe, fourth place on um, Peter Sagan's win on stage 10, was it? Uh, so I'm definitely keeping an eye out for Stefano Oldani. And I think we're going to have to, to give our podium for tomorrow. Uh, I'll let you go first, actually, for once. Well, I I'm wondering if you're going to firstly pick Andrea Vandrame this time, because who knows, <laughs> could we have a back-to-back -back Andrea Vandrame stage win at the Giro? He was top 10 on a sprint not too mm -hmm. long ago, and we know he can go in the mass sprints. I I'm just imagining Vandrame winning tomorrow's stage as well. would be stupendous. Let's, let's just say that. But... My prediction, I'm going to go for a UAE redemption ride in the form of Fernando Gaviria being led out by Juan Sebastian Milano. I think Gaviria is going to win stage 13 of the Giro. And I will, I'm going to do it. I'm going to cruelly put Giacomo Nizzolo on the second step of the podium for the 12th time in his career. And I'll, I'll go for a bit of a wild card. I'll go for Matteo Moschetti. In, well, I don't know if he's a wild card, but he's never been on the podium at Grand Tour. So Matteo Moschetti to finish third is, is my podium. So, so no need Zolo, no need Zolo to, to win. Okay, that's good to know. Uh, because I, on the other hand, I'm going to please the people. <laughs> now that's a lie. I'm sorry. Nizolo is second as well in my prediction. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. I just... I don't know. I don't know. Uh, and for the win, I'm going to back Elia Viviane from Team Corfedis uh, to get a second win after Victor Lafay. And third place is going to be Another Italian, Davide Cimolai. It's a good shout. I like it. I mean, 
three podiums at this Giro already. I checked today, he's ridden about 10 Grand Tours and he's never been on the podium on a single stage before this race. So he's already had three podiums. He's clearly in fantastic form. Um, but Israel, obviously, down to, the, uh, down to the bare bones, you could say, after today's stage, losing to Marquis and Alex Dowsett. Yeah, and they had lost Chris Nielans in mm-hmm. the first stage, well, between the first and second stage. Yeah. Um, the only thing for them is that they've lost completely the GC with Dan Martin, so they can solely focus on Chimonale, on Chimolai, sorry, I guess, tomorrow. Um, but we'll see how that goes for them. But yeah, Chimolai to get third, meaning that we'll have an interesting stage 15 in my eyes because Peter Sagan will try and secure Chiclamino and Chimolai will try and get Chiclamino. Oh, that's an interesting shout because what is his deficit? Is it 18 points? 18 points, yes. It is 18 points and I believe there's 20 points for whoever finishes in third place. Yeah, and Gaviria is tied on points as well with Chimolai. Yep. So I actually have Gaviria moving into that Chiclamino jersey. And Gaviria, he was in the in the breakaway on a mountain stage not too long ago. I think he'll try and fight for that Chiclamino jersey, Will Gaviria. He seems to be climbing fairly well. So he's still in that fight too. Um, but I feel like we'll see the likes of Nizzolo, probably Grunewagen DNF after this stage, do you think, ahead of the Zonkalan? Um, if Nizzolo didn't win, yeah, I think he's gone. To be fair, even if he wins, I think he's gone. <laughs> and Kronewegen is definitely gone <laughs> yeah and if Kronewegen as I said I'm not sure he's arrived yet at the Giro so might, might as well like leave he might as well yeah so just a few other names I'm looking out for who could maybe get a top five you never know uh, with the riders who have exited the race Filippo Fiorelli uh, also Andrea Pascolon and even Gianni, Verm- uh, Gianni Vermeersch of Alps in Phoenix you know to go with Stefano Aldani he, um, he's kind of filling in for Caleb Ewan. I think Vermeersch would do the same for Alpsin, and he was a top five as well on that stage that Sagan won. So I feel like with the names that have dropped out, we could have some some riders sneaking into a podium or a top five tomorrow. I think so. I think so. And I mean, you've mentioned uh, in, a, in a joking manner or uh, more of a, of a sarcastic way, Andre Vendrave, but he could get a top five as well. Uh, he's yeah. got the pace, he's got the legs, but... Is he going to go for a top five after today's stage? I don't know. We'll see. Well, he's going to try. And I'll definitely, you can be assured, be posting that clip of me saying that on Twitter if he does go on to win the stage. Absolutely, yes. I mean, obviously, I'll ask the social media manager of the Ascent Cycling Podcast, aka me, to do it. Uh, therefore, if it's something in your favour, it ain't happening. Anyway, we hope you enjoyed today's daily recap at the Giro d'Italia. If you did, make sure you hit the likes, subscriptions, follows, good reviews, always helping us out. And let us know who you think is going to win stage 13. I've gone Gaviria. Guillaume has gone for Viviani. I'm hoping to draw it back to two all in the prediction standings, whilst he's hoping to gain a 3-1 win, which could be uncatchable. We'll see. But Guillaume, do you have any final words? Uh, I'm sorry, Giacomo, but you're getting second. Cheers, guys. See ya.